Many of the people that we interview on this podcast had a single moment in their life when they realized that hiking was their thing, something that would define them and be a major part of what they choose to do for the foreseeable future. Many, myself included, have realized this while on a major thru-hike or a hiking trip at a pivotal moment in their life, like, I don't know, a major global pandemic. I love hearing stories from people who not only discover a deep passion for something, but use that same passion to invite others to enjoy it as well. One such person is today's guest, Tori. And for those from Pennsylvania, you might know her from Instagram or TikTok as Tori Talks Trails. Or you might have used her website to find a trail, uh, mytrailsaremany.com. Tori is a hiker and backpacker based in Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania. Not only does she create outdoorsy content, introducing her followers and readers to amazing places in Pennsylvania and beyond, but she's also an advocate for constantly seeking out new things to do as an adult and to dis- dismiss the idea that it's ever too late. As the theme is in many of our conversations, we discuss navigating life in the outdoors as a content creator and how to balance real life and the day job. Tori also offers some practical advice on how people can start their own hiking journey and shows us that you don't have to travel far from home to find great places to explore. This is the Hiker Podcast. I'm your host, Owen Hamilton, and this is my conversation with Tori Talks Trails. Um, But do you want to tell me what you had for breakfast this morning? Oh, that's okay. That's a good question. So normally I have a very organized routine of what I eat and everything. Um, But this morning, as I told you before, it was a little off the rails. I snoozed my 510 alarm or thought I snoozed it. Then I woke up at 740 and was like, oh no, I have to be at work in 20 minutes. Uh, So I had a banana and a protein shake where normally okay. I have more food because I like to work out in the morning. So I'll have like a cliff bar and a coffee when I wake up at like five 30. Um, and then I'll go work out and then I'll have my protein shake, my banana, some oatmeal, like a whole bunch of things. So, so are you, are you a planner then? So you would have like, you do, do you, I guess I might, I might relate in this way where like, do you plan your day out by your meals? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm the kind of person like I, I don't do three big meals. I'm sort of like first breakfast, second breakfast, like lunch and tea. Yeah. I really, uh, really relate to Marion Pippin. So (laughs) what's your favorite uh, type of, of, uh, tater? Mm, That's a good question. I have recently been very into, uh, Ruffles potato chips. Um, very good on trail. They're not very packable because they like get squished, but it, like nothing makes me happier than potato chips on trail. Yeah, but that's when you have the excuse to just open the bag and just like pour it directly into your mouth. <laughs> yes, yes. Like how many ca- how many calories and how much salt can I get right now? <laughs> that's it. That's it's it's your uh, survival of the fittest or survival of the whoever can swallow the most amount of ruffle potato chips. <laughs> yes, yes. I actually recently posted a video uh that's just a a lot of cut clips of me just eating like ruffles peanut m&ms a hoagie like on trail people need to people need to know that it's a great sport because you can just eat while you do it and you're encouraged to eat so 
uh, that, that totally like I've I got in uh, I got into hiking myself just by accident I just you know got into hiking because it was a uh, I was into surfing beforehand and then got into hiking when the surf wasn't wasn't good um, and then I stayed for the snacks I stayed yeah. for the food oh, I stayed yeah. for the fact that I can go eat a full pizza to myself after a big uh, big day out hiking yes I I very much relate to that <laughs> So we dove straight in. Do you want to introduce yourself to the audience? Uh, who are you? Where are you from? Sure. Uh, so my name is Tori. Um, I talk about my hiking adventures on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Uh, at, my handle is t- at Tori Talks Trails. Um, so I, uh, where I'm from is a, is a little bit of an interesting question because as a as a kid, both as a kid and as an adult, I have moved a lot. So I'm currently located in Western Pennsylvania um, in Pittsburgh. Um, so people might really only know that from uh, our football team, the Steelers, um, and the fact that we have a lot of bridges and rivers. I think that's those are Pittsburgh's claim to fame. Um, but Western Pennsylvania is actually a surprisingly awesome place to go hiking. Um, and so I started my Instagram and, and my website. Um, it's www.mytrailsaremany.com. Um, when I moved to Pittsburgh a little over two years ago and was sort of like, well, I need an activity and I don't really know anyone. And so I'm just going to start exploring. Um, and I had gotten into hiking we lived in Cleveland the year prior um, to living in Pittsburgh. And so I, I don't know if you remember in like 2021, 2020, there was this whole big uh, pandemic happening. And so think people, might remember that, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit of a core memory there. And so um, I was spending a lot of time kind of outdoors. And my my friend told me about this list, like it was like a bucket list of hikes in Cuyahoga Valley National Park in Ohio. And I had hit a period where I was in between jobs for two weeks. And I was like, okay, well, what do I do in January in Cleveland for two weeks when I like, and you know, there was no vaccine at that point. So it was like, and I shouldn't really be interacting with people. So I took my dog and every single day of my two weeks between jobs, we went and did a hike on the list. And I was kind of like, oh, this is, this is cool. Like I like doing this and I like being, you know, by myself with the dog in the woods. Um, and I feel like that's what's really started getting me super interested into hiking. Um, before we lived in Cleveland, we were in Southern California and, um, started, we adopted our dog. He is a lunatic uh, he had a lot of energy. And so I was just getting bored of like walking him around the same blocks all the time. So I started researching trails to go and take this dog to, you know, expend some energy. Um, so I'd sort of preliminarily got into hiking in Southern California, but didn't like really start loving it, loving it until Ohio. So, right. Okay. And so like, uh, uh- what then inspires you then to to start the uh, the, the Instagram page or the blog or, or what came first and, and what then inspired you to start that? Yeah, um, so I actually got injured. Um, I 
I think it was like I I either tore some sort of muscle in my quad or like something something happened with my quad where I basically was in excruciating pain and couldn't walk. And so I we had we had moved to Pittsburgh in August. This happened in uh, late November, early December. So you know you don't know a ton of people at that point. You don't really have a support network. Um, mm-hmm. And I realized like all of my hobbies were exercising, like going to the gym, going for a walk, going for a hike. I was a rower in college, so I was still rowing a lot. Um, And I was like, I don't have anything, any outlet really other than reading. I love reading. But other than reading, I didn't really have anything that was okay for me to do when I couldn't walk, basically. And so I had I had a blog in college um like just very sort of like this is my day and this is what I do and it was um it was really more of like a journal for me um like and, the, it was a the, it was a tumblr kind of era yeah something like that like a blog spot I think it was right yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah not to not to age myself here but you know <laughs> like one of those oh, don't worry um, about it yeah <laughs> and um so I had always liked doing that and I had done a bunch of research about blogs and I was just kind of like, I'm just going to start it and see what happens. And I thought that part of starting a bl- website was you also had to have social media. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do Instagram too. And then um, Instagram is actually what has really kind of taken off a lot more. And I've um, in, enjoyed, especially as Instagram, uh, has been pushing reels a lot more. Like I, I really enjoy creating the short, I still like writing a lot. I still try to, you know, get a blog post out, um, when, when I can, um, I, ideally it would be like every two weeks, but you know, sometimes we're a little behind. Uh, but I really like the short form video. I think it's a fun, it's just like a fun way to show, your personality and um, like share knowledge that other people might not have. So it's, yeah. it's been a really interesting journey. I mean, it'll be two years as it'll be two years and in, in about a month and a half. And um, it's, it's been totally different than what I expected, but also like so much better, I think. Um, I think I didn't expect the community aspect of it. I have met a lot of friends through Instagram, which, you know, you tell, like, I tell my parents that or something and they're like, you're meeting strangers from the internet. I I promise I'm not going to get murdered. Um, so just like, it's, it's just been different, but so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how like the, there's been a paradigm shift over the last, especially over the last three years with the, with the pandemic that uh, these communities are just are uh, you know they're being created and they're thriving online uh, sometimes only online you know uh, and I know yeah. and I don't mean like the, the 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 digital native ones which are like the gamers and the youtubers and, and all that kind of stuff but like even these on uh, these outdoor communities they they kind of thrive in a digital uh, world as well uh, and, and like you guys and and you know uh, we we would be an example of that too um so like it, there's a lot I suppose there's a lot of time that goes into creating that kind of content like creating reels uh creating the blogs when you when you do have time to do that how like do you like 
I assume you don't do, or we sorry, we, we did speak before this. You don't do this yeah. for a living. Like what, what do no. you do for a living and, and how do you find the balance? Um, sure. So I think, I mean, I think sometimes I think you just get used to the feeling of like, I feel like I'm never doing enough all the time. Um, yeah. I think, I mean, part of that I think is just like when you're an oldest daughter who has perfectionist tendencies, like you just feel like that anyway. So you just get used to it. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, um, I work full time, uh, as a project manager, uh, for a health insurance company here in Pittsburgh. Um, I think part of what, you know, I'm able to do this a lot is I am pretty strict in my work boundaries. Like I really try not to work too late or work on the weekends. I try to be super efficient when I'm at work so that I'm, you know, head down the whole time, um, just doing what I need to do so that I don't have to, you know, stay on past five or six o'clock at night or work on a Saturday. Um, I think also I work for a company that by U.S. standards, I will not say by European standards, but by U.S. standards gives it a decent amount of time off. Um, so some of the, like one of the trips I did this summer, um, I was able to, you know, take a couple of days off combined with 4th of July weekend. And I went with a friend who is also um, a content creator um, blogger and we went to central Pennsylvania and I think we did like 12 hikes in five days or something. And so it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of hiking, but it was also a lot of like, okay, we're, you know, creating a video and we're creating a guide for this region um, because it's a really cool area to visit. And not that we think that not that many people know about it. Right. And, and, and I guess you kind of, uh, 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 set up another question for me there where like when you th- are thinking about the next hike to go on are you thinking about it in the lens of like oh this will like this will be a cool place to get a, a piece of content from or are you going nah that'll just be a cool place to go or how do you how do you plan out your next hike um I think for me is I what I don't want to do is like I love hiking first and foremost and so anytime I feel like oh I'm just doing this hike to get content I really try to like roll it back and say like no okay if I don't want to go hiking I'm not going to go hiking so I usually start with like where do I want to go hiking and also what time do I have um so because I work full-time um a lot of my stuff is created on like I do a lot of hikes on weekends um so a lot of my stuff is very local and that's why I write a lot about western Pennsylvania or um, areas that are easy to get to. So like we're, uh, under two hours from Ohio, we're under two hours from West Virginia. I can drive three hours to central Pennsylvania or like lower New York. So exploring areas where if if I'm going there for a weekend, I'm not spending six hours in the car. I'm spending three hours in the car, really maximizing my time. Um, but I, I do do a lot of local stuff. And so most of my following is located in Pittsburgh, Western Pennsylvania, or or just Pennsylvania in general, because I think, I mean, I think there's a conception that like in the US, obviously it's like, oh, Colorado, California, Montana, like these are all the places that everyone wants to go hike. But 
I, I don't think it's realistic to expect that people who like hiking can always get to those places. And so giving people the opportunity of like, Hey, this really cool lake is 30 minutes from you. And you could go there for a day trip, rent a kayak, do a hike and go home. Um, like, cause like most people, I mean, most people work a, you know, a regular job that's 40 to 60 hours a week. And, and a lot of people don't have time for, for some of those bigger trips. So really showing people, Hey, like you live in a beautiful region. You just have to do more research than you might otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's funny you say that because I think there is a little bit of a, a, a trend or should I say a debate going online with like East coast versus West coast? Oh um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you have like uh, these memes that are coming out. It's, I think it's more so up in like the green mountains where you have like, uh, these West Coast guys coming over to the East Coast saying, oh, they're just hills and like they're, yeah. no, they're gnarly mountains. <laughs> yes, yes. And I think like um, I I went to Colorado two summers ago and I love Colorado. I, I love visiting there. Um, it's, it's awesome hiking there. It's super fun. Um, but the trails that I was on, mostly we did mostly day hiking on the Colorado Trail. It's like they're very well blazed. They're pretty well maintained and you get a lot like, yeah, you're at elevation. You, you get gain a lot of elevation. They're not, I'm not going to say, tell anyone that they're easy hikes, but like you get, you get a lot of the switchbacks and uh, Western Pennsylvania. And from what I've heard about, you know, the white mountains and stuff, like those don't exist. You're just, you're going up the cliff. And so I, it's just different. Like, yes, the mountains are smaller, yeah. but you know, when you're, when you're going up, you're, you're really going up. So. Sounds like uh, Wicklow. Uh, sounds like, it sounds like Ireland and Scotland, to be honest. Like okay. uh, we, we do have, we do have trails, like well-maintained trails here, but like um, for the most part, you are just going up the side of a hill and you're, yes. yeah, especially in weather that we have like today, tomorrow, the trails won't exist. Like you will literally just be just going, I'm going up. That's, that's yes. my trail. <laughs> yep. There's a, um, so I did a hiking challenge that's, that's popular in this area. That's it's 30, 37 or 38 miles in one day. And it's on this trail called the, the Rachel Carson trail. And because the trail is like, it's, it's North of Pittsburgh. Um, it basically runs along. There's a, we have a river called the Allegheny river and it kind of like is sort of 30 minutes north of the Allegheny River running along um, for the whole trail, I think is 45 miles. But a lot of the land, because it's like a more urban area, more developed, is easements or like electrical uh, electrical line passes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So you are like, if it's an easement, you have your two foot by two foot like going up the hill. And so some, I mean, some of those, some of those hills are very, very gnarly. Like I think the elevation gain loss was like 7,000 feet over 38 miles in one day. And so uh, I, I think there are, there like the people here know the challenge, know, know the trail. And I, I would recommend it. Like it was definitely something very hard um, and a good test of, you know, my ability to hike and, you know, really stay mentally focused and tough. Uh, but I, I could see someone coming from a place, you know, at altitude or used to bigger mountains where they're, 
that would be kind of tough for them because they're not expecting that like super steep grade and up and down and like a uh, very rocky sort of hilly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, it was a good time. I don't think I would do it. I don't think I would do it again. I, I say that now. Signups are in March. Who knows what will happen by then? But I don't know that. I don't know that I would do it again. It, it kind of sounds like Barkley Marathons, like the rat jaw. I don't know if you've heard of Barkley Marathons. The, no, I haven't. Uh, uh, do yourself a, well do yourself a favor like you look up youtube uh barkley marathons it's it's a it's an ultra marathon but it's like a three loop uh situation i i i'm gonna butcher where it is i have a feeling it's in ohio um, okay. but it's just it's 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 crazy terrain it's it's easements it's a lot of easements um and it's going through like dense dense forests uh, there's a there's more caveats to it as well. It's not just a run. There's like all sorts of mad stuff that goes on. But uh, yeah, it just reminds me of that. And I also I took part in a race, and I'm also doing it again. I don't know why. Um, in Ireland, it's like too fun. That's what it is, though. It's it's always well, type two fun. More like type five fun. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. like, you know, you know, it's bad. It's going to be bad, and I'm not sure if I'm going to feel good afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Um, where it's like it's a it's an ultra distance as well it's like yeah like 40 miles um but it's like self-navigation and it's like over mountains in the middle of the night in the middle of january um, oh wow yeah but it's it's over very very similar terrain like i haven't actually been to pennsylvania myself but i, I like i've just i've watched so many videos where i'm like that looks like wicklow that looks like yeah. our mountains so i feel like i can uh i can relate a little bit um, I believe it. <laughs> so with like, like it sounds like you've gone from like went out hiking, got really started to enjoy it. Then in the middle of the pandemic, you just like went all in. You're like, this is my thing. I like hiking is my thing. What was your kind of evolution through that? Because it sounds like you're doing like crazy, like, like really tough hikes. Like how did you go from like local like trails nearby to like these big challenge hikes and, and I think you did the the, the Laurel Highland Trail. Am, am I yes. right in yep. saying that? Yeah. Yep, I did that. Uh, I did that back in September. That was uh, that was super fun as well. Um, yeah. So there, I mean, there was definitely an, an evolution to it. Um, so my my athletic background, I was a rower um, in college. So I was a yeah. Division One rower. Um, and then when I was when I graduated college, I wanted to continue rowing. And basically, the only way. Sorry. It's all right. Don't worry. Oh, hello. <laughs> I uh, I just grabbed him for to try to keep him away from the door. I think we've get, been getting some deliveries. Um, but what I was saying is, um, so I was a Division One rower in college, and then I loved rowing. Like I loved rowing more than anything I'd ever done and wanted to continue. Um, and the, basically the only way to do that is to, at, at this stage, I think it's, it's more grown now where you can do it on sort of like a more chill level. But at, at the time, it felt like the only way to continue was to like basically try to make a national team. And so I moved to Philadelphia to join a club to try to like do the very competitive thing um there I did that for two probably two and a half years um and part of the reason I I love hiking and I talk about how great hiking is 
um, as a sport because you get to eat is I was, uh, I'm smaller. I'm like five, six. And so everyone who knows rowers knows that like taller is better. You have, you know, a larger lever. And so I was in a category called lightweight rowing where I had to be basically average, like 125.7 pounds or uh, 57 and a half kilograms uh, with whoever I was in a boat with. And for my body type, like that's, that's, just like that was really a struggle. And that's why I ended up stopping because I was like restricting food all the time. And I still, I felt terrible. Like I just didn't have any energy. Um, and so I ended up stepping away from the uh, like elite piece of that and, and trying to make a national team. I, I do still row. I've rowed um, at like the master's level for a while. So that's, you still compete, but you're in like age categories. It's a lot more chill. Um, so I've, I still do that when I can, and I still love that, but I think like, it's one of those things where when you used to be pretty good, like, I'm not going to say I was a, an amazing rower, but when you used to be pretty good at something, it's hard to like when I got injured and, and still, you know, almost two years later, I can't put in the time or training the way I wanted to, because it just, like it just hurts my back and um, like it just doesn't, I, I just can't train the way I used to. And so getting into hiking and then finding out like, oh, like I like racing and there are hiking like competitions or, or things where you can really push yourself and, and find that level of like mental focus and fortitude mm-hmm. and like find your breaking point and pushing past it. Like that was something that I, you know, loved about rowing. And so to find that in something else that doesn't, I mean, obviously hiking 38 miles in one day is extremely painful. I was very sore for a long time, but it doesn't put me in a state where like, I can't sleep because my back hurts. Um, So I think I've always been a pretty competitive person. And so that as soon as one door closed, it was like, I needed to find another door to, to open um, to like put that time and energy and right. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's interesting. Cause like, I think a lot of people can resonate with that, uh, that the hiking has come at a time. Like, I think that, uh, I don't know. I don't want to guess what age you are or I or ask you how old you are, but I, I like, I imagine you're kind of in the age bracket where like, you know, the becoming a professional, uh, athlete, is like is is it you know early 20s kind of person's game and then like as you kind of grow older as a millennial or like young gen or old gen z you're starting to go okay well that's not going to happen what else is out there and hiking generally kind of came at this moment in time for everybody during the pandemic where it's like oh this is like i can be competitive at this but i also can just like really enjoy it and just like spend time with my friends i can it's it's a it's it, like you you can't really just go for a row with your friends really like unless they also row at a, a like a, yeah. a pretty high level no or, it, it's definitely much more accessible I think to a much larger group of people um and I, I think one thing that intimidated me about hiking for a long time was like oh I thought I needed like the special boots and the special gear yeah. and the special hiking poles and all these things and then once you kind of have someone who helps you get into it and you're like, Oh, like, no, I can wear my old college, like, 
you know, zip up and my sneakers. And generally it's fine. Like obviously for harder trails, you need to be more prepared yeah. when you're overnight, you have to be more prepared, but it's, it's a lot easier of an entry than a lot of other sports and especially rowing that has like the specialized equipment that has to be specially stored and is very expensive. And so um, it's, it's just a lot easier to get into, I think. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, you can't just go for a row with like you know a, a raft and a uh, you know a broomstick. You know, there's yeah. no like, easy I mean, version of going for a row. You could do whatever you set your mind to. True, Will you be true. successful? Probably not. No. Yeah, um, uh, there, there's definitely uh, some sort of like uh, row, row like thirty for thirty kind of like backstory of someone who actually did that they like rode with a raft and a broomstick and became like a world champion um, yep. <laughs> but so then that was gonna I was gonna ask you about was um was kind of like your transition for like through like getting the right gear and, and uh, like so you would have just started like just wearing sneakers wearing like your normal kind of like training gear yeah, and, it's, and, it's like, funny I look back at pictures of when I was like starting to hike in California and I'm wearing you know, I'm wearing like sneakers that I would wear to the gym that I yeah. went and got at Kohl's and I'm wearing my, a lot of my old like collegiate rowing stuff because that's what I had. Um, I have a like cloth backpack that had it rained, everything would have got soaked. I probably had one small water bottle, uh, which is not smart because Southern California is very hot. And so I look back at some of these pictures of like what I'm wearing or what I brought and I was like, oh, like it's a good thing that nothing went sideways because like I definitely was not prepared enough, but it like if I had waited until I was kind of had everything I thought I needed, I don't know that I ever would have started. And so um, I actually have a post on my website about like how to get gear for cheaper, because I think that like people think that oh I need all this money and and all these things and um like consignment is a huge thing there's a um store basically two blocks away from me in Pittsburgh that sells outdoor gears which is very dangerous but they have a consignment section and so every every time I go in the consignment section is what I check first and I got a pair of $15 hiking boots and they're great I I don't wear them all the time I prefer uh trail runners for hiking but in the winter in Western Pennsylvania, like you kind of need the boots. And so they're, they're great for that. And like, I've had friends, um, because I think especially backpacking, right? Like you're like, okay, I need the sleeping bag and the sleeping pad and the tent and like all of these things that you would not necessarily have, um, is I borrowed or rented a lot of it for my first trips. And so to have friends who are like, oh, I'm super into backpacking and I have all this extra gear and you're going to go and, um, like you can borrow this, this, and this, and don't forget to pack this. And, and to have, to have people who have done it before is so helpful. Like I have learned so much from so many of my friends, um, that have helped me get into it. So I appreciate and, uh, shout out to all, all of them. If you ever lent me gear, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the, the community aspect of it is, is the strongest part. Like, you you won't learn more from the internet like you can or chat gpt like you will not learn because it will always tell you like google will get, send you an ad 
uh, Facebook, anything will always send you like, oh no, you need everyone wants you to spend money yeah even even like when i think about what what i do on instagram every time i'm i post like an affiliate link or something i'm always like i always try to disclaim it with like do not buy this unless you need to do not buy this unless you plan to because yeah it would be great if every single person clicked on it and you know i got i got a little bit of money from that it's i hate people spending money on things they don't need to spend money on or don't like need at the time or, or could rent or could try or could borrow. And I think like borrowing gear has helped me dial in my gear a lot more. So like my first backpacking trip, I used a sleeping pad that I would never sleep on right now because I woke up every hour rotisserie chickening myself uh, because I was so uncomfortable. And if I had thought that, oh, well, I've seen all these pictures of backpackers and this is the one that they have. And so I should get this one. I would have spent that money and I would have been miserable and been like, oh, well, backpacking is not for me. So I think really, you know, the try before you buy is is real. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 maybe there is a, a, a something like that that exists out there, but a, 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 an online kind of forum or platform where you can actually just go on and just buy it. Maybe that is something that exists. It certainly isn't something that exists over here. You have to buy everything on Depop or like just buy it secondhand. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think also like with with backpacking, just learning what works for you because what works for me is not necessarily what works for like my friend Dave, who is a guy and, you know, he sleeps hot and I sleep cold and, uh, you know, he is okay on this type of sleeping pad, but I prefer this type of sleeping pad and he can carry a heavier tent, but I like a lighter tent. And so um, I feel like every time I've gone out and I've probably only gone backpacking five or six times at this point, but every time I go out, I learn something. And so what I try to do is like when I go out, I have a list of everything I want to pack. And then when I come back, I look at that list against what I used or what I liked or what I didn't like, like what I would and would not bring again. And so in that process, I've kind of like winnowed down my pack from probably about like 38 pounds to depending on how much food I'm bringing to around 32 to 28, depending on the day of the trip. So I think that piece of it as well is really, really useful and and helpful. I think the, like, one of the things that I work on in my like real job is, you know, process improvement. And so I think like applying a process improvement mindset to the backpacking and like, okay, I brought these six snacks, but I only ate these four. So, and I didn't want the other two. So like next time I'm not going to bring any of the other two. And it's probably a level that like, you just got like, yeah, the casual backpacker is like, what is this spreadsheet and why are you doing this? But for me, like that's part of the process that is very fun And I think also is sort of a carryover from lightweight rowing because like I was watch, like I was managing everything I ate and when I ate it and like exactly how many calories and how much protein and all that. And so the, like the food piece of backpacking, I mean, it's still a a calculus of like, I need this many calories only instead of like a reductive calculus, it's like a okay, I need 5,000 calories on this day. And how am I going to get that without just like 
constantly chewing all day. Yeah, yeah. So. It, it's uh, it's funny that you're saying this because, uh, again, another race I did earlier, that, like last month, um, my partner was just like, let's make a spreadsheet and we have every single crew stop. Like, this is how many calories are in this, how many calories are in this. And like, I'll send it to you. You're like, you will love it. But I, it- I honestly probably would. Yeah. And, and what's interesting is like, because of restricting for so long, like my brain, unfortunately, just like knows how many calories are in a lot of things. So that yeah. makes it a lot easier when I'm packing for backpacking. I don't have to you know, look at the labels of everything or like do the math. It's like, I, I kind of know. So that that's very helpful for sure. Yeah. like it, it, But that, that is, I guess, like we, we have gone from like at the beginning of, of hiking and getting into it, but like that is, it's a, it's something you can get into if you want to, like there's so many, like there's the ultra light kind of aspect of, of hiking as well and backpacking where people are like, they're like chopping their toothbrush in half to like get their weight down. Like they're, they sleep in cling film or like, you know, shrink wrap uh, tents. Like there, there's so many things that you can get into. Um, but then like, the, yeah, the, the, the planning of it is like, it's super, super interesting. And like, you know, obviously the, what we do, like, we're, like maps, just having a map in front of you, like even a paper map in front of you and just planning where you're going to go, knowing the distance, knowing the elevation, having that all written down in a notepad or on a spreadsheet and like having like where you, it's just like, it's so, it's so fun. It's such a fun part of it. And, and when we did the Laurel Highland, so I did it with two, two of my friends. Um, and I had done pieces of it before, but I had never done the whole thing end to end. And that was my longest backpacking trip ever. And so like, I did, you know, I was doing all this research and figuring out, okay, like, our water sources might be dry for the first 20 miles. So like we need to plan for a potential 20 mile water carry. And just like that aspect of it is so fun, but it's also, I mean, it's also a little terrifying because if you, if you mess it up and you tell the group, okay, we're going to have a water source at mile 26 and there's no water source at mile 26, like that, that could be a problem. And then like solving for some of, I mean, solving for some of that is just what happens on trail, but I don't know. I, I mean, I love planning. Like I said, I'm, I'm a project manager. So like love the spreadsheets, love the Google docs, like here's our mileage for the day and here's where we're going to stay. And here's all the things we're going to see on the route. Uh, here's where we think we should stop for lunch. So that, that piece of it to me is like a fun part of the adventure as, as well. It's like, it's like buying all your Christmas presents, uh, like the, the, the shopping before Christmas, it can be stressful, but some people just love it. Just like going, going in, getting all your stuff done, ready for the big day. You're like, I put in the hour, I put in the work, I put in, but it's it's also fun to do as well. Um, yes. It's really, really enjoyable. So I, I, the, the reason why um, I reached out to you in the first place, because I came by uh, an, a, an Instagram live chat you were doing, I think last week with yes. uh, Keystone Trail, Trail Alliance. Um, yeah, do you want to like explain like what we, why were you on that call? What were you talking about with, with them in terms of trail work? Yeah, sure. Um, so Holly at the KTA had reached out to me. Just um, she saw a lot of the stuff I was posting on Instagram um, and wanted to, you know, just have a have a chat about like sort of what we've talked about. You know, how did I get into hiking? How can other people get into hiking, especially beginners? Um, and then also wanted to talk about volunteering. So one of the things that, like, since I've been 
getting more outdoorsy. Like I, I don't know that I would have ever called myself outdoorsy before like three years ago. Um, I have, you, you just like learn a lot more. And so I've learned a lot about like the principles of leave no trace and, you know, stay on the trail. Obviously, I mean, everyone and their mom knows like don't leave trash, but I think it's also like your perception of like, well, this banana peel will biodegrade. So like technically it's not trash, but then you learn, you know, it's going to be there for a long time and it could impact the wildlife or it can attract bears or that sort of thing. Just like the evolution of learning a lot of that stuff has made me very interested in, you know, making sure that the things that I love to do today will still be here for people to do in 20 years, 50 years, a hundred years. And so one of the things that I've tried to promote a lot through my Instagram is volunteer work. Um, so there's, a, I mean, there's a ton of amazing groups everywhere, but in Western Pennsylvania and in Pittsburgh, um, there's a lot of groups like picking up trash. So we have, um, a group called upstream Pittsburgh that focuses on like keeping trash out of streams because, you know, we get a lot of rain here and our like water systems aren't really that great. And so a lot of the times it'll just like pick up a lot of trash on the hillside and put it in the stream. So there's always a ton of stream cleanups. Uh, There's a group called Allegheny Cleanways that um, works both on land and on water to remove uh, mostly tires from illegal dumping sites. So that's like a thing in Western Pennsylvania and probably other places as well is like, there's just so much illegal tire dumping. Um, And so, you know, have volunteered with them, like, it's that is like hard work. If you want a workout when you're volunteering that I was so sore for like two days, I consider myself a pretty fit person, but I was like dead the next day. Um, I, was like, like, I just imagine you as a, as like, as no normal, like a, like a gym person, just like, yeah, I'm just going to flip the tires all the way down the hill. <laughs> yeah. So they, it's, it's actually super interesting. They, um, because like, I guess like, you know, if tires are like rolling and stuff, they could hurt people. So you do a daisy chain with people. So you're just the entire time, you're just sort of like grabbing it from your right side and swinging it to your left side. So it was a, it was a lot of core work. Um, so I have done a, a volunteer event with them before. They do really good work. Um, and then like our local Pittsburgh park rangers and then uh, trying to set something up with the Keystone Trails Association to um, like do more trail work and maybe invasive species removal, something like that. And I think just like, like, I think as a person with a platform, like however big or small it is, you have a responsibility to make sure that what you are doing is helpful and not hurtful. And so like, if I can, you know, work with Keystone Trails Association and, put my name on an event and help promote it to the people that follow me. And we get 10 more people than we would have gotten if, if they had just promoted it. And then maybe two of those people decide they love trail maintenance. And then for the next 50 years, they do trail maintenance. Like that's incredible. Like that would be amazing. That's the dream. You know, I, I, I do make some money from Instagram, but I think really like if I could leave any sort of impact from what I have been doing, getting more people into volunteering in the outdoors would, I mean, that would be, that's amazing. I would be like, okay, I'm fulfilled. We can, we can go now. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, ah, I'm trying to find the right, um, the right metaphor for it. But it's, it's, it is like a turning point. Like I've seen so many people that like 
go out on trail. Uh, people listening in, in Ireland uh, to this will, will know we have a thing called the two minute beach clean. Um, and like at most of our, our, our like best beaches in the country, we have these uh, like uh, trash claw things, you know, the t- sticks. Yeah, yeah, uh, the grabbers. And the grabbers, yeah. And then you get like a, a bag and you're just encouraged to go out into the beach and just like pick up trash for for your 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 walk on the beach. And it's no different to your normal walk, except you're just, if you see a piece of, of trash or rubbish, you're just picking it up and putting it in the bag and bringing it over to the to the trash can. And yeah, that's awesome. I think I think like just having something as simple as that on trails is so uh, impactful. But then doing that in a, in a community driven way as well is really uh, I think that's a game changer when you actually organize. Hey, we're all meeting at this point. We're going to like clean this place up. And it, it just has such a profound effect on people. And I've spoken to people that have gotten into to trail maintenance um, like 20 years ago. And it's what they do. That's how they spend their life. Their job is their job. Mm-hmm. And they, they have, you know, they do whatever. They're an accountant. They do whatever. But their life is trail maintenance. And they just, like, they live for it. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I think it's know. also, like, um, when you, I mean, for me, like, I have worked a, a corporate job, I guess, for the last, like, 10 years, I would say. And when, you, like, a lot of the times what I work on, it's like, I spend a day and I'm like, cool, I sent this many emails and like, maybe I got stuff back. Maybe I finished a PowerPoint. Maybe I did an Excel sheet, but to look at a trail and say, okay, here's the before picture and it looked like trash and here's the after picture. And like, someone's going to enjoy this. That just is very, is very tangibly fulfilling. Um, And I also like one of the questions that I didn't expect, that I get a lot on Instagram, like usually through DM is like, how do I meet people to go hiking? Or how do I meet people to go trail running? Or how do I meet people who are outdoorsy? And I mean, there's only so many, like, I was originally kind of referring people to like, oh, this Facebook group in your area might be good. And but I think everyone who has been new to a community and tried to join a Facebook group and been like, hey, I'm going to do this on this day, you know, you get like, seven people that respond, but five of them can't go. And maybe one of them wants you to change the time and the other one wants you to change the location. And so then you're kind of like, oh, screw it. I'll just go by myself. Um, Volunteering, I feel like is such a good way to meet people like who are willing to get dirty and go outside. And if someone's doing trail maintenance, it probably means that they like trails. And so you can meet people that way and inner, like, it's almost like you don't have to go on that like first friend first date kind of deal yeah. like you you have an activity you're meeting people have an icebreaker yeah and then like they will probably be like the same kind of thing that you like so I, I've actually met a, a lot of people in this area through volunteering and and that's been awesome like that's so fun yeah like a, like nothing breaks the ice better than like picking up a uh, like a, a dirty uh, diaper off the yes. side of the trailer it's like so what do you do later? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so true. The the diapers are the killer. Oh my gosh. We were we were in Italy uh for 3 weeks a couple of weeks ago and we uh, we did a bunch of hiking there and just like some of the I was just like so depressed because 
normally I, you know, I carry, I usually hike with my dog. And so I have the dog bags with me. And so I'll usually try, if it's not too disgusting of trash, I will try to pick it up and, you know, pack it out with me. But uh, we obviously didn't have the dog. And so I didn't have my dog bags and just some of the trash that I saw, like gross toilet paper and like definitely saw a dirty diaper. And it's like, come on, like everyone knows better than this. Everyone knows better. And so to leave some of these places that are just so beautiful, like with trash, it, it makes my heart hurt. It's just lazy. It's just lazy. And when you, when you, when you look up and you see the views and you're, you're just like, why, how, how does, how did this happen? What what happened to that person? Who hurt that person that day to just do that? (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's also like, I think people in Western Pennsylvania are, you know, think, oh, like, Western Pennsylvania, there's so much litter, there's so much trash. And, and maybe there's more here than there is other places. Um, I mean, I've lived a a decent amount of other places. I I don't say that I would notice anything specifically different. But it's like, you know, I hiked in California, and people left dog bags on the trail. And I hike here, and people are leaving candy bar wrappers on the trail. And I hiked in Italy and saw a diaper. And I hiked on Ben Nevis, and I saw human feces. Like, it's, it's one of the, it's everywhere and we just like all need to do a better job about it. And so I think like through, th- through my platform, like I, I obviously want to educate people on that, but also like once I feel like once you hike more and you're not someone who's just hiking like a couple times a year and only really popular trails, like you are going to learn more and you're going to understand more and you're going to want to give back more. So for sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, look, it's been an awesome time chatting to you and like getting to know you and getting to hear your story. Uh, but I suppose before we 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 uh, before we say goodbye, do you have any advice for for anybody and I suppose in particular uh, women who are trying to get into the outdoors, get into hiking for the first time, and kind of do, don't know where to start? Like you you did talk about go to a you know a, a volunteer event, but is there anything else that you would advise? Um, I think, I mean, I think especially for women, like, you know, one of the questions that I always get is like, are, are you afraid when you're hiking on your own? And, and at Mm. first, definitely. And sometimes still definitely. And I think like starting small is really the best way to do it. Um, I have, I did some of my first solo hikes in like a local park where I knew I would have cell service and I had been there before with other people and I had done the trail that I was going to do solo. Um, And I also, you know, overpacked a whole bunch of things. Like, do I really need a four day first aid kit for like a two hour hike in a local park? Probably not, but you know, I packed it anyway, just in case. Um, So I think starting small um, finding people who, who are in the community and can help you. Um, one, one of my very good friends, uh, her name is Ren. She lives in Colorado. I went backpacking with her one time and I think I learned more in one overnight backpacking trip with her because she had done so much of it than I had in, you know, whatever, a hundred hours of reading blogs about like what to pack for backpacking because, you know, when you have someone who has lived it and knows what they're doing, you're going to be able to learn a lot more from them um, than just trying to read it and ingest it yourself. So, so finding that community is, is super important as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, community, I think is the, the, the core message of all this. Uh, 
both from a, a, a getting into hiking, but also from giving back to the, to the trail and giving back to, to, to hiking in general. Uh, yeah. Tori, thank you so much for coming on and, and having a chat and getting to know me and for uh, letting us get to know you. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can uh, see you on the trail sometime. Yeah, this was awesome. Thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, I, I always welcome anyone who has questions about anything. Um, you can always send me a message. I might not respond right away, but I really try to respond to all my messages or um, create videos about things that people ask me questions about. So I, I love meeting people and I love hearing from people. So please, please message me at Tori Talk Trails. Um, that sounds like a, pro- a project manager a process flow. It's like, oh, someone's asked me a question. I'll just go create content about that. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you you do sometimes get stuck as a content creator. And I'll sit on my couch and be like, okay, I have an hour to create videos now. Like, what should I create a video about? And so I, you know, I try to keep a list on my phone and all of these things. But a lot of times I'll just go back to DMs and say, oh, someone, someone asked me what I ate on trail. So like, let me work on a video on that. And, you know, I, I, one thing I'm working on right now is, um, I had mentioned I did the Laurel Highlands Trail, um, back in September and I got so many questions about that. And so I did a blog post on it, but I also want to sort of create a video vlog of every single day and sort of like what we did and how we did it. Um, because I got so many questions about it and it, I mean, it's a, it's a 70 mile backpacking trail and it's, it's only like an hour and a half from a major metropolitan city of Pittsburgh. Like, wow. People, you know, people have the opportunity and it's so close. Like if I can help them get out there, like, let's do it. And also, I mean, that, that trip was awesome. And just like, everyone should know how ridiculous it was. So amazing. Yeah, no, well, definitely going to be looking forward to, to, to checking that out uh, when it comes out, but yeah, Tori, thank you so much for coming on and uh, yeah, we'll speak soon. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to the Hiker Podcast and thanks to Tori for joining us for that conversation. We'll be back next week with another conversation and until then, happy trails.